This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. So when I was young, when I was around two and a half, three years old, um, my mom and dad got a divorce. Uh, My dad wanted to move to Texas to take a job. My mom didn't want to go. She wanted to stay in uh, Illinois with her family and with everybody she had grown up with. And so my mom and dad got a divorce, and my dad took off to Texas and now 38, never talked to my dad, never had any relationship connection with him at all. And so um, when I was three, my grandparents, uh, Irv and Patty Stroberg, what a, what a great name, Patty Stroberg, uh, took me in, and they were my mom and dad. And um, God dang it, I'll not go there today. Um, I loved my grandpa. He was my dad, and he was my hero. I wanted to be like him, and every Saturday morning, we'd get up, we'd go to breakfast, you know, my grandpa was an older gentleman, we'd go have breakfast with all these old guys, I don't know if you've ever seen that, like at a donut shop or something, and I'm this little kid, and these old guys would talk to me, and I would talk to them, and man, I, I loved those, those mornings, and, and if I cleaned my room on Friday night, there's this picture, my grandpa built these shelves, and I would put my G.I. Joes in, like, order, and if I cleaned my room on Friday night, Saturday morning after we went to breakfast, we would always go to Ace Hardware first <laughs> afterwards. I don't know why, but we would. And then after Ace Hardware, we would go to Toys R Us and, you know, get a G.I. Joe. And I just, I just loved spending time with my grandpa. And when I was 10, my grandpa, uh, he got sick and he was diagnosed with cancer. And when you're 10, you don't really understand what that word cancer means. And you don't really understand what's completely happening. You just know that he's sick and we're going to the hospital. And I, I kind of hate hospitals to this day because I you know, grew up spending a lot of time in hospitals, and he was getting chemo and treatments, and, and then they gave him the clean bill of health, and, you know, and, and we were praying over him as a church. I'll never forget, it's like burned into my mind the, the, the Sunday morning. My grandfather was an elder in our church, and we brought him up on, you know, to the front, and our pastor prayed over him, our elders and our deacons prayed over him, and, and he was getting treatment, and we were believing, and, and, and I thought, I thought, you know, He's going to be here forever. We would have conversations about, you know, me playing basketball in high school and him coming to my high school basketball games. And my grandpa was a big basketball guy. He played basketball at Alabama when he was, you know, in college. And, and we had these great conversations. And, and, and just over time, it just, it just got worse and worse and worse. And on my 11th birthday, July 28th, 1991, I remember I walked into the room, and he was incoherent for like two weeks. And as soon as I walked into the room, it was like the Holy Spirit woke him up. And we had this conversation for like 20 minutes. And and it was just just the Lord. And and then I had to leave, and they said as soon as I walked out of the room, he was gone. And about 20 minutes later, he went to heaven. And when you're 11, you don't have a lot of understanding. 
and you don't have a lot of truth, right? When you're 11, and it's a difficult season in your life, and 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 the enemy loves, the devil loves to pounce in these moments, okay? He loves to take advantage of people when they're hurting or they're in a season, a moment where they don't really kind of understand what's going on. And, and that's what the devil did because he came in quickly and brought false truth and false understanding to my soul, okay? And, and really quickly fit, filled me with a bunch of lies. Like, you know, God chooses to heal who he wants, well, I'm, I'm pretty glad and I'm pretty thankful that today that when I, when I read the New Testament, every single person that came to Jesus, Jesus never once pushed them away and said, well, I'll heal this one, but you're going to have to come back and wait later. Or I like this one, but I don't like this one, so I'll heal this one and I won't heal that one. But the devil is really quick to tell us lies like, you know, God chooses who he wants to heal or God took him from you or God is not good or God is not to be trusted. Okay. And, and all of a sudden you're filled with a lot of false truth. And this is why it is so incredibly important for you to understand who Jesus is. This is why it's so incredibly important for you to have truth. Because the reality is this. If you don't have truth and you don't have understanding of who God the Father is, who Jesus is, and who the Holy Spirit is, then what does that mean? It means this. Your kids will have no understanding. Okay? And when they have no understanding, they will go and talk to somebody else that has no understanding, and that person will let them know what they think about God or who God is, okay? And this happens all the time. The problem in the church is this. So many of us have grown up in church, or we like church, or we like religion, but we grow up with really zero understanding of who Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit is, okay? And so when we have no understanding, then there is nobody there to help 11-year-old Jeff that is really confused and is really hurting and really trying to understand life at that moment. Nobody's there to help him go, hey, I want to help you understand that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said he came to bring life and life to the full, and I'm going to help you understand the difference between what is the devil and what is Jesus. And the reality is this. A lot of us here today are still trying to understand this. We're still trying to understand our identity in Christ. We're still trying to understand how to work through fear. We're still trying to understand how to work through insecurities. We're still trying to understand how to work through a lot of these things with really no understanding. Our understanding really comes from so-and-so. Well, so-and-so said that I didn't get the job because it wasn't God's will, okay? And we can do this about anything in life, okay? So we have something that happens in life, and, and we have a conversation with somebody, and they go, yeah, you know, I remember why I didn't get that job, or I remember, I, you know, I didn't get healed. I can't tell you how many times people are like, man, I got sick, and God was teaching me a lesson, and, or, you know, I, I, I didn't get that job because that wasn't God's will. I remember one time I was talking to this guy, and he was talking to me about this job he didn't get, and, and, uh, 
And he was like, I didn't get it. It just wasn't God's will. And the Holy Spirit said, it wasn't that it wasn't my will. It's just that he's not faithful. And I was like, yeah, how many times do we blame God for stuff that it really isn't God? Or it's really us. But when we have no understanding and we're relying on what so-and-so thinks or we're trying to rely on this feeling of maybe God is for me, maybe God is not for me, maybe he likes me, maybe he doesn't like me, I, I'm really unsure. I remember when I was in high school, I was probably, I was probably like 15 years old, and there was this girl in our church and uh, her name was Dana, and me and her uh, were friends growing up, and, and, you know, she would come to my house, and I would go to her house. Anybody ever had a friend like that, and you're, you're young, and you grow up together, and then, and then you become 15, and you're like, wow, like, Dana looks different than when she was, like, seven years old, you know what I mean? And, you know, and, you know, you're, like, 15, and I remember this one night, like, like we're just, like, hanging out, we're listening to this music, and I thought, like, like, this is, the, this is the moment. This is like the movie moment, you know? But you're like, you're not sure, you know what I mean? And so I kind of like leaned in, and she didn't lean in, you know what I mean? And I'm like, like looking at her in the eye like, hey, you know what I mean? And she's not looking at me like that, and I was like, oh, man, you know? Listen, I think, thank you, Matt, I appreciate it. I think this is how our relationship with Jesus is. Like, we're trying to lean into God going, I, I don't really know if you're for me or if you're against me. Because of I don't even really understand who I am in you. Because I really don't have understanding. I really don't have truth. And so this is what the enemy loves. He loves to keep people in guilt, shame, condemnation. He loves to keep people in false truth and false understanding. He loves to keep people guessing, wondering, is God really for me or is he not? And so today we're just going to tackle some of these issues. We're going to tackle identity, understanding, fear in our hearts. So point number one is this, broken identity. Go with me if you got a Bible to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, if you don't, we'll have it on the screen for you. John chapter 10, verse 1, it says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief or a robber. But only the one who enters the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls the sheep by name and leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. And they won't follow a stranger for they will run because they didn't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. Jesus is talking here and he's actually talking about himself. He's talking about that I am the shepherd. And I will lead my people, us, the sheep, into heaven someday. I will lead you there. So Jesus goes on and says, those who hear, uh, verse 7 says, so he explains to them and tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep, and all who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the, sheep, but the true sheep didn't listen to their voice. Yes, I am the gate, and those who come through me will be saved. And those will come and go freely, and they will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Look at your neighbor say, steal, kill, and destroy. Ready? Go. Steal, kill, destroy. Okay? So we have to understand this, that we have an enemy of our soul. 
The enemy of our soul wants to steal, kill, and destroy our relationship with God the Father. Okay? That's his greatest desire. Okay? And he will cause mayhem. It reminds me of like the Allstate commercial. You know, like the mayhem guy, okay? He will cause mayhem in your life that he caused. And he did. Listen, God is not the God of cancer. He is not the author of cancer. Okay? God didn't bring cancer to my grandfather. But he's really good at saying, look, your grandfather got cancer. God did it. God didn't heal him. God didn't save him. Look what God did. And look, you need to be really angry with God. His purpose is to destroy our relationship with God the Father. But Jesus said this, my purpose is to give them a rich, satisfying life. Rich, satisfying life. I don't know about you, but those are words that I want in my life, okay? I want that life. And Jesus said this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep, okay? Write this down. True identity will always come through relationship, okay? True identity will always come through relationship. Listen to what verse 4 and 5 said. After he's gathered his own flock, he will walk ahead of them, and they will follow him because, he, because they know his voice. Verse 5, they won't follow a stranger, for they will run from him because they don't know his voice. Look, we see this perfectly with children. Okay, this is a perfect example of what Jesus is talking about. Okay, listen, so I have three boys. My oldest is right here. He's 13, and then we got a nine-year-old, and then we got a four-year-old boy. And my little four-year-old boy, Luke, okay, he knows my voice, okay? He can pick out my voice from anybody in this room. He knows me, and he knows my voice because of our relationship that we have together. And in his relationship with me as a father, he receives what? Unmeasured love. Okay? There is no measure to my love to Luke. And he knows this. Okay? You, I promise you, if he ran in here right now, I would grab him, I would pull him up to me, and I would start kissing his head. Okay? He, he knows this. There's just no measure to the love that I have for him. He also knows that his needs, his cares, and his wants are completely met by me as his father. His needs, his cares, his wants. I'll never forget, this was probably 12 years ago. I'm in a service with Jesse Duplantis. Anybody ever heard of Jesse Duplantis? And Jesse is talking about his kids. And he said, listen, my kids will never want for a thing when they were growing up because I wanted them to know that as a good father, I would take care of their needs, their cares, and their wants because I would know that when they transition into adulthood, because they received it from me as a father, they would now receive it from their heavenly father. Listen, I am the representation of Jesus to my children. They will know the father through who? Through me through my relationship with my boys, okay? So listen, so when I call to Luke and I put out my hand, he will instantly put up his hand. I did this with all three of my boys. <laughs> Sometimes I still do it to Michael. I'll put out my hand. I'll be like, come on, hold my hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's so bad at me right now. 
listen, I, I was training them to know something. That when I put out my hand, I was going to lead them somewhere good. So that someday when they got old enough and the Lord, their father would lay, put out his hand, they would know, oh, my dad was good. And he took me to good places. My heavenly father's good. And he will lead me to good places. Okay. The problem is this. A bunch of us didn't have this relationship with anybody in our family like this. Right? We're like, oh, yeah, I, I don't know what that's like. I didn't have that kind of relationship. I don't, I don't understand that, that feeling. I don't really get what you're talking about. Because the reality is this. When a stranger calls out to Luke, Luke will do, he's, he'll do this. You'll see it on Sunday mornings. People will try to talk to him, and I'm super embarrassed. I'm like, you know, I'm the pastor, and this is my kid, you know. And, and you guys will try to talk to Luke, and he'll, like, look at you, and he'll be like, oh, you know what I mean? And, well, he's, Why? Because when the voice of a stranger comes, he runs. And he runs to who? His father. Right? Look, look, I'll give you a perfect example of this, okay? Me and Michael, we've been driving to Dayton for basketball. And one night, me and him are talking. And listen, we talk about anything. Listen, I believe 100% that I want my kids to hear everything in life from me first on any topic any topic. I believe in this, okay? So we will talk openly about anything in life. We'll talk about culture. We'll talk about race. We'll talk about issues in political things. We'll talk about sex. We'll talk about anything. So I'm like talking one night with Michael, and I'm like, listen, you tell me right now. I'm like, have you seen porn? You know what I mean? And, and he, he's like, he's giving me these eyes right now. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, no, no, it's, I promise we're not going anywhere weird, okay? And I was like, have you seen porn? And so he was like, he was like, well, explain it to me. And I was like, well, to be honest, it's like two people that shouldn't be having sex are having sex, and then people watch them have sex. And he was like, he was like, Dad, that's, that's like disgusting. And I'm like, Amen. But he knows my voice. And he knows as a father, I'm going to lead him to good things. And I'm going to lead him away from bad things. So, listen, identity comes. Jesus was talking. He was saying, listen, this thing with me, it's about relationship. When you have a relationship with Jesus, you then find identity in Jesus because you start to see him as your heavenly father that will lead you to good things in your life the issue is this most of us most of us grew up with a wrong version of this most of us grew up with what religion right most of us like like I, I can't even tell you what saturday nights were like getting my sister like she put curlers in her hair every saturday night and then like sunday morning she wore like a big poofy dress and i like i would wear like three piece suits why is a 7 year old wearing three piece suits okay i mean seriously no 7 year old i mean i'd be like suffocating in this three piece suit you know what i mean L listen we got religion we didn't get relationship we got a form of God, 
But we really didn't get this relationship thing with God. Does that make sense? And so we have broken identities with God because we're like, every time we come in here and we come into worship, we're like, man, I don't know if God's really for me today. I don't know if God's really happy with me today. I really hope that God accepts me today. I really hope that he wants to hear me sing. And the, and the reality is, is that when you wake up in the morning, God is like, I am so pumped you're alive. I am so excited that you are on the earth. You are on the earth for a reason and a purpose. I put you here for a purpose. And I'm so happy that you woke up today. I gave you life. I gave you grace. And I love you. And I'm for you. And I sing over you. And I want you to succeed. But I want you to have relationship with me. And I want you to learn how to trust me. Because I will lead you to victory. Amen? My God is so for you. He's so for us. But we have this broken relationship. So number one is, is broken relationship. Number two is this broken understanding, okay? Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it says this, that Christ is a visible image of an invisible God. So when we read the word of God and we read about Christ, we're learning who our heavenly father is. It's making it visual to us. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all all creation. Can I get an amen for that today, okay? For through him, God created everything in heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we cannot see, such as kingdoms and rulers and authorities of the unseen world, and everything was created through him for him. So you were created for who? For Christ Jesus, to bring glory and honor and pleasure to Jesus. Your life should radiate glory to God. Okay? Verse 17. He existed before anything else, and he holds all of creation together. And I, listen, I understand us that are analytical in the room really have a hard time understanding, like, where did God come from? Right? And that's the challenge of faith. So walk this thing out in faith and go, I. Matt, oh, the, that was weird. That was weird. Matt, listen, I understand we have a hard time wrapping our brains around this, but that is part of the journey of walking in faith, it's trusting the Lord. Verse 18, Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is a being supreme over all who raised from the dead, so he is first in everything. For God in all of his faithfulness was pleased to live in Christ and through God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. Verse 21, this includes you who were once far away from God. You were enemies separated from him through your evil thoughts and actions. Yet he now has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his presence and you are holy and blameless and you stand before him without a single fault. Ooh, that's a good word. That's a good word. Jesus did it all so that we could stand before him holy, righteous, not because of who we are. We are 
miserable, horrible people as humans, okay? And we need the grace of God. But when we stand before Jesus, he looks at us and goes, that's my son and that's my daughter. And because of my blood, I've washed them clean and they are standing before me blameless without a single fault. Amen. Okay? Romans 8, verse 1 through 4. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power to life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads you to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of our weakened, sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his son in a body like our bodies we as sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end over sin's control by giving the Son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirements of the law could be satisfied. Okay? All right? And then I'm going to read one more verse, and then we'll jump into this. Okay? Verse 12 in Romans chapter 8. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Okay? So let's learn some stuff understanding okay is this number one christ is supreme over all everything the universe the stars the skies everything in this earth he reigns supreme over it but he also reigns supreme over your guilt your shame your condemnation and your sin christ reigns over all of it So when you feel guilt, shame, or condemnation, you know that you know that you know this is not from my Father in heaven. This comes from the enemy of my soul that is out to what? Steal relationship, right? That's what he wants. He wants to divide you. He wants to divide you from the relationship with the Father. He wants you to not have this intimate. He wants you to have religion. He wants you to have a form of God. He wants you to not be confident in your relationship with Jesus. Because, listen, if I am confident in my relationship with somebody, then I have total peace in my soul when I come to them. Okay? Listen. Here, Bill, come here. Listen. I'll never forget, this is Bill Price. He's one of our elders in our church. I love this man. I'll never forget the day that Bill and Etta came to our church, okay? And I'll I'll, I'll be honest with you. We were in the old building, and I was so nervous, like so nervous, because I thought, here's Bill. He loves the Lord, and he's loved the Lord for a very long time, and he probably knows more about God than I do, okay? Let's Let's just be honest, okay? And so I got, I remember, I'll never forget that Sunday. I was so, so nervous, Okay, so nervous. Now, listen, me and Bill have a great relationship, and we've built a great relationship. It's almost been three years. Can you believe that? I know. That's, I know. He's like, oh, what am I doing here? Okay, so, so me and Bill have built this wonderful relationship. So here's the truth. When I shake Bill's hand on a Sunday morning, and I give Bill hugs. I'm a hugger. You know what I mean? You'll just, if you're new, you'll learn that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a hugger, okay? When I give Bill hugs, I have complete peace. I know Bill's for me. I know that I'm for Bill, okay? And this is the relationship that God wants us to have with him. When we come into his presence, he wants you to know you're always accepted. 
you're, you're always accepted. You know why? Because I reign supreme over all of your failures. I reign supreme over all of your guilt, your shame, your condemnation. And, and when you come in, I want you to know that you are loved. Listen, Bill has been a beautiful picture. of a heavenly spiritual father. I, I, I know there, I, listen, I know there's times that Bill's probably like, what is Jeff doing? What is he thinking? You know what I mean? And he encourages and he loves me and supports me and tells me all the time that he is for us, that God is for us. He prays for us. He fasts for us. And listen, and, and, and listen, there are these moments in life that we have these relationships that God goes, I want you to feel tangibly what it's like to be in my presence, to know what it's like to have this kind of relationship, because this is what God wants. This is what God's yearning for. And he's going, I need you to understand that I reign supreme over all this so that when you come to me, that you know that you know that you know I am for you. And I'm always for you. And I'm never, I'm not angry at you. Listen, God said, I poured out my wrath upon my son, Jesus, so that I wouldn't be angry with you, so that when you come to me, all you receive is acceptance. All you receive is love. Give it up for Bill Price, everybody. I love this man. Okay, the second thing we need to understand is this. When we understand what Jesus has done for us, okay, that Jesus fulfilled 603 laws that God established. He gave the law to the Old Testament to Moses. It was 603 laws, and then there was 10 commandments, making 613 laws. That Jesus came as a man, as a human, just like us, lived for 33 years, without sin, fulfilled all 613 laws, okay? No sin. This is what Romans 3, verse 23 says this, for all have sinned, all have fallen short of God's glorious standards, meaning every single one of us has junk. All of us do. Listen, if we didn't have junk, we'd be raptured to heaven, okay? So that tells me all of us have junk today. No matter how good we are at putting on the face, no matter how good we are at making sure everybody thinks we got it all together, we all got junk. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standards. And when we understand what Jesus has done for us, look, Jesus said, listen, I will give my life as a payment for your junk. I'm going to give my life, my blood as a payment. Look, there had to be a payment made to fulfill all of God's laws, okay? So Jesus said, I'll come, and I'll give my life for your sin. Now, the question is, what is sin, right? Right? Like, what is sin? And, it, and is, there, is there some sins that are little sins, and there are some sins that are bigger sins? Like, is there some things that I can get away with that, like, well, like, you know, keep me close to Jesus, but there's still some things that won't. And listen, write this down if you're taking notes. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. Let me talk about this for a second, okay? A man or a woman having an emotional or sexual affair with somebody is sin, okay? A person living in porn 
nobody knows about? Sin. Person who loves gossip? Like, we never would think that, like, gossip is sin. No, it's sin. Okay? A person who lies and cheats, it's sin. Okay? A, a person that deals with anger issues, I got my hand up real high. Okay? I've been in church for any amount of time, you know, I deal with some anger sometimes, you know? It's sin. Us that have addictions, listen, I think there's so many of us have little addictions that help us cope with life and deal with life. It's sin. Homosexuality, sin. Trans, sin. Sexual, lustful desires to go after lustful things. It's sin. You know what I love about this, and I want to make this abundantly clear. Sin is sin. Like, there's not a greater sin. We're not, we're not measuring sin. Like, God doesn't go, okay, this sin is worse than this sin. Now, 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 let me help you understand this. There are certain sins that have greater consequences, okay? Some have greater consequences to your body, your soul, your future. But listen, God isn't weighing our sin with different sin. He's not like, oh, you told a little white lie. That one, that one will get by. We're, we're good, okay? No, and this is, this is hard in our, in our earthly minds to think that when I lie, it is the same as when I murder. Or when I, well, or when I walk into a restaurant and I see a woman and I lust after her, the Bible says I've committed adultery against my wife. Whew. Sin is sin. Okay? But when we understand what Jesus has done for us, it draws us into relationship and it draws us out of our sin. And it gives us victory. I'll never forget this night. I was a youth pastor. We were youth pastors in Michigan for eight years. And, and I would always give a salvation and altar call. And, and I'll never forget there was this young man in our youth ministry. And he was there for, for two years. And, and I knew that he... Uh, was a homosexual and had a homosexual lifestyle, and, and he was coming to our youth group. And he'd always ask me to always go, hey, PJ, is it okay that I'm here? I'm always like, man, if you're seeking after Jesus, it is always okay for you to be here. And let me make this abundantly clear. I know that all of us know somebody that's living that kind of lifestyle. And if you have a question, if they're welcome at Elevate Church, they are welcome at Elevate Church. I don't care what anybody's going through. There is no judgment in Elevate Church for your friends, your family, your people that you bring to Elevate Church. Listen, I'm always going to preach truth. I'm always going to stand on truth, but I'm going to love even harder in Jesus' name, and I'm going to show them who Jesus is, not through our, our words, but through our actions as a church. And I'll never forget this young man was coming to our youth ministry, and he came for two years, and I would give a salvation altar call every single uh, Sunday night, and for two years, he never raised his hand. And I remember this one night, it was just, I remember thinking like I had preached the worst message, and I'm like, all right, let's just get this altar call done, and let's, you know, it's, let's get out of here, you know. And I, and I gave the opportunity, and I'll never forget, he raised his hand. And he was the only one that raised his hand. And so, I, you know, we prayed as a group, and then afterwards, I ran, and I got him, and I was like, I was like, what is going on, man? You've been here for like two years, and like he never missed a service. Like never missed a service. I'm like, why tonight did you give your life to Jesus? And he said, I've been watching you for two years. I've been watching you, PJ, for two years. I wanted to know, is the love of God real? And you've proved to me for two years, and tonight was the night that I gave my life to Jesus. And now he is married 
He is straight. He is out of a homosexual lifestyle. He has found freedom from his sin, and he has a thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. Can we give it up for Jesus today? Come on. Listen, listen. When we understand what Christ has done for us, it brings us into this place. And then what happens is Romans 8, 12, where it says you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. All of a sudden you realize, oh, I have this thriving relationship with the Holy Spirit. I have this thriving relationship with Jesus. And now this relationship with Jesus, I have new desires. I have new hopes. I have new dreams. And I desire what my Father wants because I know he is good. He's a good shepherd. And he is going to lead me into good places in Jesus' name. Worship team, come on up. Point number three is this, broken trust. Broken trust. Second Timothy 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Listen, we fear what we don't understand. We fear what we don't have understanding in. We fear the outcome because of our broken relationship with Jesus. You know, we'll pray for things, and in the back of our heads, we're like fearing the outcome because I'm like, I don't really know if God is going to really do this because, you know, I'm questioning my place in uh, as being a son or a daughter in Christ. We fear, you know, fear comes, and because fear comes, we choose sin because sin is tangible. I always said it as a youth pastor, it's the hot want now. You know, it's like, it's hot, she's hot, I want, and I have to have it now. You know what I mean? And so we do this in life because we're reacting in fear, okay? Listen, the devil is really good at using fear to break our relationship with Jesus. Think about this. Think about how many times you might have slept in on a Sunday morning and didn't come to church because you had a really bad week. And you thought, I don't know if God's really going to be cool with me today. The enemy will use fear and manipulate you. The enemy will use fear to hold you back from the blessings of God. Hmm. So many of you, I can just feel it in my soul. God's calling you out onto the water in different ways. He's like, I want you... So many of you in here, he's like, I want you to start tithing. I want you to start serving. I want you to start reading my word. I want you to start seeking me in new ways. I want, I want you to trust me. You know, yesterday I was at Foot Locker, <laughs> one of my favorite places in the world. I was at Foot Locker, and um, there was this uh, Hispanic guy, and he had an L.A. hat on, and the Holy Spirit was like, I want you to talk to him. And at first I was like, uh, I'm just trying to get like in and out of here, <laughs> you know. We have these conversations with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit just kept like, like talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. So we're like in line together. And he's got this L.A. hat on. And so I was like, hey, man, nice hat. He's like, are you from L.A.? And he was like, yeah, I'm from L.A. He's like, I actually just moved here a couple months ago. I work for GE. He's like, I just got transferred for a job. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, that's cool. I was like, it's probably hard. You probably don't really know anybody yet. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm just, you know, kind of at my apartment and going to work. He's like, I'm just working a bunch of overtime. He's like, don't know anybody. I don't have a wife or anything. 
I was like, cool. And so we started talking about L.A. and my friend Taka, that's a pastor out in L.A. And we're talking about how I grew up in Chicago. And we're just like having this conversation. And, and I'm just like, God, where's, where's the connection? Where's the connection? Where's the connection? I go, hey, do you hoop? You play ball? And he goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, I love playing ball. And I said, you know, I said, a bunch of me and the guys in the church, like my boy Hector. Man, I love Hector. You're like a, you're like a house. Okay? Like he's just so strong. And, and Casey and, and a bunch of us, Ian and, and all of us, we get together like every other Sunday night and we play basketball together. And I was like, hey, do you play basketball? He's like, yeah. I was like, hey, do you want to play basketball with us? So, you know, sometimes. He's like, sure. And so I gave him my number. He texted me his name back. And so he went in line, got his stuff. I went in line, got my stuff. And then he went and then I went. And then like, sure enough, like we ended up like walking out at the same time. I'm like, God, this is like a blind date. You know what I mean? Like you're just like setting it up. You know what I mean? And so we're talking about, we're talking about Jordans, Jordans. He goes, so do you like Jordans? I was like, yeah. I was like, I love them. I'm like, I either want to wear them to play basketball in, or I always think about like, I'm going to preach in these Jordans. These are like, like, like Sunday mornings, like game time to me. So I got to put on like some fresh J's to preach it. Okay. And so I'm telling him this and we're talking. He's like, he's like, so you like, you're a pastor and which I loved. I loved that he didn't like pick up that I was a pastor yet. I was like, yeah, I was a pastor. We have a church like right around here. And he's like, really? He's like, he's like, I grew up in church. And I'm like, in my heart, I'm like, I know, I know. I know that God put me here at this moment, in this place, in this time for you. I'm here for a reason. And I said, hey, here's our website. And so he texted me late last night. He said, hey, man, I just want to, he said, it was so dope that you reached out to me yesterday. He's like, I don't know anybody. He's like, I don't have anything right now. He's like, I'm working a lot right now. He's like, I'm going to really try to come to your church sometime soon. Listen. Listen, fear just holds us back. Just holds us back. Listen, his name is Larry, and I was praying for him last night, and I can't wait to see Larry in here, and I can't wait for Larry to come hoop with us, and I can't wait for Larry to have a relationship with us, and I can't wait for Larry to find community. And I know that I know that I know in my soul that God brought him from L.A. to Cincinnati, Ohio, because it was this guy named Jeff Workmeister in this church named Elevate Church, and that Larry needed Jeff Workmeister in Elevate Church. But if I would have let fear rob that moment, Larry wouldn't receive what Larry needs. Amen? Listen, when we have relationship with Jesus, when we have relationship with Jesus, He satisfies our souls. He makes us complete. We have perfect relationships. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.